You are listening to Podcasting 101 with RSS.com, getting you ready to launch and grow your podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is the first episode of the official RSS.com podcast, aptly titled Podcasting 101 with RSS.com. I'm Ashley, and I could not be more thrilled to be in your ears right now. I'm the gal that has voiced many of the tutorials you may have seen on our YouTube channel, and now with this new podcast, I'm excited to take on the role of host for what will hopefully be many episodes to come. Now you might be wondering, what can you expect from this show? For starters, we plan to interview experts and share the latest in the world of podcasting. We will also teach master classes on everything from how to pick your microphone to how to grow your audience. With every episode and with everything we do, RSS.com empowers podcasters worldwide. In this first official episode, I thought we'd kick things off with who RSS is and what we're all about. Because if you're like most people, when you hear RSS, you probably think of an RSS feed for a website or a blog. And in a way, RSS feeds are actually how RSS.com podcasting got started. But I don't tell this story nearly as well as our founders do. So I brought them in to chat with me about the founding of the company and how RSS.com went from being a Google feed reader to a podcast hosting company. I'll be chatting with Alberto Batella and Benjamin Richardson, who, believe it or not, built and launched this company from two different continents without meeting in person for the first three full years. There's a lot to unpack, so we're dividing this episode into two parts. I hope you enjoy it. So how did you two begin working together? I know the story, of course, but for everyone else listening, how did you guys begin working together? It all started with a fateful, a, a fateful email to Alberto. Well, no, it started before that. So I own RSS.com, owned it since 2013. I had purchased it from somebody that was looking to um, sell it. Uh, and uh, it was happening at the same time that Google was, quote, killing the reader. Uh, they had just terminated uh, the Google Reader, and there was uh, a lot of uh, worry that RSS uh, would be dead. So I bought it at that time to put a Google or Google-like uh, type RSS feed reader on it. But after a couple years, I was noticing that in the customer support emails, I was getting a lot of questions about podcasting, and they just were continuing to grow over time. And I realized I needed to. Um, offer a podcasting solution as well as a feed reader solution. And that caused me to go out and look for somebody to partner with because none of the people in-house had the had what I thought were, was the expertise to really bring together a world-class uh, podcasting platform. So I happened upon a podcast generator because it had a huge amount of downloads on SourceForge, which is an, um, an open, open source uh, um, service. And uh, I saw that the guy's name was Alberto Betella. I'm like, hey, I'm going to find out who this guy is. I Googled his name. I found out he had a PhD. I found out that he had been doing this for a very long time as podcast generators uh, person, creator. And I also saw that Alberto spoke English and Spanish and Italian and was the CTO of a... And I, so anyway, I thought, this guy sounds really awesome. I'm going to reach out to him. And I wrote him a very quick email just telling him that I spoke the same language as he did. And uh, could we talk, basically? And uh, Alberto, thankfully, what caught his attention was that it was a three-letter domain. He, I wrote him from the uh, rss.com uh, email address, and he, for you know, thankfully has an affinity for short domains. And uh, 
So yeah, that's how we that's how we got introduced. Is I had a I saw a need in in uh, in our platform for um, supporting podcasting, and Alberto definitely had what I thought was the world class platform for doing that on the open source uh, world. Um, and so that's why I reached out. Alberto, anything to add there? No, I think it's uh, it's great uh, as a as a, an overview. Uh, it is true that when you wrote me, the first thing I, I, I thought, and then I wrote to you is, Are, do you own RSS.com? <laughs> Before even re- replying, you know. But uh, after that, the uh, the match was, was very clear because uh, I had this, uh, this technology, this content management system, and uh, there was an appetite to, to, to build it in a way that could scale up. It has been there for a while, but I never found the, the right opportunity. And in the meanwhile, I was doing other things. You know, I was in, in startups, and, and, that's how, and that's why I never did it. And I think you were the, let's say, the spark that started the engine. Yeah, yeah, the spark that started the engine. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, it was very serendipitous that um, we found each other. We matched very well in our interests, um, and he definitely had the experience that um, made me believe that yeah, this really could be something uh, to spend time on. Whereas before, it hadn't really peaked. You know, podcasting was was definitely not new by twenty. 15, 2016, when we started talking, or was it 2017? I don't even remember, Alberto. 2017? It was, it was July 2017, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the beginning. That's how it all started. It's so wild to me, though, because it sounds like when you started RSS, podcasting wasn't even on your, well, I mean, it was on your radar in the sense that, like you said, it wasn't new, but it wasn't that you purchased RSS in the hopes of starting a podcasting company. No, not at all. I mean, it was to save save feed reading and feed readers. I, you know, I'm a news obsessed person and that's where my mind was, is uh, news consumption. And if everybody stops using, you know, RSS, stops supporting it on their websites and blogs, like my, you know, I I was definitely going to lose out. I, I, uh, you know, I love staying current on news and I, I just couldn't imagine a world where that wasn't happening or where it was happening inside a Facebook feed. Like it just didn't, just didn't work for me. So, but yeah, podcasting wasn't on my radar at that point. And on my end, uh, basically I was building and maintaining this, uh, uh, this project, this podcast generator content management system for free, you know, as, as a hobby. I didn't really monetize it. And you know how many times during the years, during the 13 years I've been working on it for, for free, basically on the spare time. How many times I thought, man, I don't have, I, I don't know if I should continue. But then people would write me like, oh, it's not working. It's not compatible with this, I don't know, with, with this browser. So I kept feeling that people were using it and it had a certain impact. So it's kind of serendipitous really how we got there. Because I could have stopped before. I was I had the drive of uh, continuing uh, working to my project just because people were using it. So I knew there was a market fit. Well, I mean, thank goodness that you did, though, because if you had stopped, we wouldn't have what we have now, which is this amazing platform for podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Inter- interestingly enough, uh, the code base of Podcast Generator after the first year was completely replaced replaced with a new code base. So meaning now there's no one line of code from Podcast Generator. But the first year, this is what allowed our company to, to start with. We literally used the Podcast Generator. 
That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So now you kind of gave a little bit about what you were doing, Alberto, but Ben, what were you doing at the time whenever you decided to purchase RSS? Do you, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. I mean, it's not secret. Um, so I, I'm an entrepreneur and uh, have a degree from Brigham Young University in entrepreneurship. I started my first business to put myself through school and moved to the Arizona, the Phoenix, Arizona area. And like most, if, if you know an entrepreneur, you know that their interests are varied and the common denominator is a problem to solve and a passion for that problem. Living in Arizona, I had a tremendous amount of opportunities um, to do. <laughs> I feel like I, looking back, I'm kind of shocked at how much I did and how varied the, the things were. But so I got a, a I got my start in real estate in Arizona and, and uh, worked during the buildup of, you know, the, the, the bubble, so to speak, uh, the real estate bubble that um, people are familiar with. I was kind of at ground zero for the, um, the perfect storm for, you know, being involved in real estate development uh, from 2005, six, seven. I got my master's degree in real estate development in 2008 um, and had a front row seat to the implosion and to what the effects were of, of a market downturn in real estate as well. It was really interesting. Right out of college, I had, I had done uh, some banking and so very familiar with some of the regulations, rules, and practices, procedures of, of how uh, people interact on a commercial basis with banks. And so I did some uh, commercial real estate uh, consulting and... Uh, then I, I uh, had an opportunity to partner up with uh, some folks uh, who were developing um, technology out of the Army Corps of Engineers uh, laboratory and taking patents that they were developing and commercializing those patents. And that was fascinating work. It was right in the middle of the war in Afghanistan. One of the partners um, was a, a two-star two general at the time, um, and we were working on stuff that felt very mission-driven and exciting um, and environmentally useful. So this was like we had a, a trifecta of uh, things we were working on that were environmentally sustainable, beneficial to the environment, and how those could be utilized in um, the Department of Defense, as well as supporting some other missions um, critical at the time. And let's uh, see. That's, so anyway, that puts me... And that also put me kind of squarely into a political consulting role that one that I did for a while that kind of helped merge passions, so to speak, uh, as as things were coming uh, to bear in Arizona. And eventually, after I was married in Arizona, we had our first child in Arizona, and my wife and my mother-in-law were very keen to get us back to Texas, where I grew up and where my wife grew up. So we moved to Texas. I basically sold out of my partnerships and passed up on a couple others uh, that were just forming to, that eventually, like, I think they, they accounted for like $13 billion in real estate. It was pretty a significant thing to walk away from, but family first is my motto. And, and so we came to Texas. My wife is an OBGYN and, and supporting her career, her desire for career, as well as her desire and our desire to have a family kind of led us to where we are now. So that a lot happened in those intervening years, uh, you know, from starting my first business, but it was always kind of a function of uh, opportunity and passion and mixing those two. Um, and so now we've got that in RSS uh, and the podcasting platform. I mean, it's, 
it's very mission driven. We're giving people uh, a voice, which is extremely important for, for me personally. I know for Alberto as well, diversity and inclusion in, in, in particular, our current focus is on cultural and language diversity with our initiatives in Mexico and the, the nascent podcasting scene there and how we can help support the voices that are uh, south of us, should we say, at least here in the United States. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a great mix of passions and, um, and business problem solving, which has always been um, kind of my main focus. That's a lot. But um, yeah, so that, that's my background. That's amazing. Well, uh, Alberto, do you want to add any more to, to your uh, background as to what led you to ultimately ending up with RSS? Yeah, just if we start from the from podcast generator, I was back in my homeland in Italy where I lived until I was 28, right? From zero to 28. And then I moved to Spain because I wanted to do a PhD. And uh, so podcast generator has been always on the side, you know, and in the meanwhile, I, I did a PhD in affective computing, which today is called emotion AI. I was working with wearable to measure psychophysiological signals from humans, which means heart rate, electrodermal activities so of skin conductance, pupil size, to infer emotions. That was very interesting, kind of pioneering uh, the field of wearable. Uh, uh, before Fitbit, before Apple Watch were commercially launched. Very exciting. Gave me a lot of uh, insights on how to be data-driven, right? This is something I still use today. I still am a very data-driven person. And after that, I wanted more commercial impact. So I switched. I left academia after my PhD and I joined a startup where I was CTO for three years. Uh, we raised $45 million, especially in the United States. Then I switched to corporate in a business unit, which was a moonshot factory. It was uh, the equivalent of Google X, but in Europe. And it's a big corp, a big, big telecommunication company, uh, $56 billion revenue. As a CTO there, I also, for three years, I spun out a moonshot into a into a company, into a real company, which uh, raised 30 million euros, $36 million. And, uh, and uh, I, after the spin out, I, I fully, uh, I was, I finally decided to, to leave everything, leave corporate and just uh, join uh, RSS, which was already alive and going for a couple of years as a, in, for myself, it was a side project, right? Some, some weekends maybe dedicated, some emails, but really I was not in the day-to-day -day ops. And that's when I decided to join, which is actually this year. So 2021 is a big year for me finally being able to work and have an impact uh, in the podcasting industry. What I love so much about how diverse your backgrounds are is that you both had so many, like Marie Forleo says, you know, you're multi-passionate entrepreneurs and, and you took all of these amazing skills and all these amazing like knowledge bases and you created something that is giving a voice that to the previously voiceless. And, and that's honestly why I love RSS so much. Just the fact that you can, you can come on, you can speak into a microphone and, and you're telling the world your story. And sure, you may not have like a bunch of followers all at once. You may not have a bunch of fans, but the point is you're, you're taking something as simple as a microphone and, and a, a broadcasting platform online and you're giving your voice to the world. You're telling the world something. And what amazes me the most about y'all's story is that you didn't even meet in person until just, wasn't it just this year that you guys just met for the first <laughs> yeah. time in person? Yeah. yeah. 
it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but between COVID and between, uh, you know, other intervening, you know, obligations and things, it just, uh, it worked out that we met for the first time at podcast movement in Nashville of this, you know, August of this year. So Alberto was, you frequently would say, you know, I don't even know how tall you are. You know, we're always <laughs> yeah. sitting down when we, when we do our, our, our voice chats. You know, frankly, to me, that was not a hindrance in the least. You know, I've, uh, you know, in my work, there were occasions when, you know, it was all video conferencing and it, it felt very comfortable to to go into this role. Alberto's work ethic and, um, you know, manner is just so, so easy to trust and to understand um in the sense that i understand culturally you know just as well as probably any you know american from texas could and i think and his wife is american and and i i uh you know she, she's a united states uh born and raised and so i think he understands me very well too so it just it was a very comfortable fit from very early on and so i didn't ever feel like uh not meeting was a super big hindrance but it was nice to finally meet well, I have to say, whenever I met you guys, because I actually had the honor of, of getting to meet you guys at Podcast Movement this year, and watching you guys interact, you would think you guys were old friends. You've known each other for decades. And so it was really cool to see that even though you guys built a company on completely different continents, you had your kindred spirits in, in some respects. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, then then there is also there is something to add there. We didn't meet each other not because we were in on two different continents. For example, I go often to the States, but I would say that after the first uh, few months, we were uh, well oiled as uh, I could say the same thing that Ben uh, said. I could say the same thing for Ben, you know, it was very easy to work with. There is affinity definitely, empathy. It's very clear. It's very clear that uh, we have uh, objectives, we have uh, we we are we are aligned. So there were a couple of occasions before COVID where we should have, we wanted to fly to, to see each other, but it was very tight, tight schedule. So we didn't end up doing that. And then COVID hit. So that, that's why it took really three years. But actually, we're very comfortable because we, we set up a company which is remote first. So we have all the tools to really be in touch and literally in real time. And we actually cover almost 24 hours on the globe, right? Between yeah. people who go to sleep and people who wake up. So it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's still just so perfect, though, because the world of podcasting, it, it's all online anyway. And, you know, I, I know a couple of people who um, they're in different states and they still have a podcast together. They they get on Clean Feed, just like we're doing right now, or they get on, you know, Zencaster or Squadcaster or things like that. And it's so cool that even if you aren't engaging with someone in person, you can still create something magical and I, I just geek out on this kind of thing, so I'm very excited about it. Well, so so we've been kind of alluding to the to the fact that you guys run RSS together, but let's kind of talk about RSS itself. What are some of the features that that our platform offers that you think are perfect for the beginning or even the pro podcaster? RSS as a podcasting platform is extremely easy. Now, simplicity it's complex. 
I know it seems like, you know, uh, uh, something straightforward, but making something extremely simple and so making it uh, accessible for people who want to start uh, is very complex. And we were lucky because having been in the space with Podcast Generator for 13 years exposed us to all these requests from real podcasters and hosts and all these doubts, which allowed us to start this company in a way where we really, our motto was in two clicks, you need to have your first episodes. Actually, probably it's three clicks now, but still three clicks, right? So you, that's, that's the whole, uh, I think the main, the key differentiator with other companies is that we are extremely simple. It's not us saying that, it's our users. They write us, they leave reviews, genuine reviews, and the most frequent word, it's easy. I would uh, echo that. I mean, Alberto and I both read uh, every customer support email that comes, but we read these because it keeps us in tune with um, where we're lacking. I have yet to see in a given month more than maybe two customer support emails that makes it apparent that they don't know what to do or how to do it, at least on our platform. Those troubles do, we do run into those troubles with other platforms as they, as they interface with those. But this really has been, you know, like a like a river, a stone in a river. The the rough edges of the UI have been knocked off over time and it's a beautiful piece of machinery that is easily accessible no matter where in the world you are to get your podcast up and running. That's awesome. And that's that's not that's not uh you know a knock on any other platform. We know how difficult it is. You know, there's so many features that we have that uh that we're holding back right now as we wait for the proper UI uh, to be formulated um, as we roll those features out. And it's not a matter of technical ability. It's a matter of really fine tuning how our customer interacts with the machine in a way that does not add extra burden, extra frustration, or any sort of, any sort of lag time in their desire to be a podcaster. So it's it's very difficult, but that is uh, I would echo what Alberto said, and it's it's all thanks to his work, uh, probably starting as a PhD in in how machines and humans interact. I mean, it's it's really a um, you know a valuable sort of resource. Well, guys, I think that's actually a good breaking point. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us today for part one of this two part episode. Stay tuned for the next one where we'll share why now is the best time to start a podcast. Until next time. You can learn more about how to launch and grow your own show at rss.com backslash blog. Thanks for tuning in.